Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumb Cast. In this, the high noon of season five, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every goddamn page of MT2, the Weird Weird West, the second in a trio of time travel adventures for TSR's Marvel Superheroes RPG. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Weird Weird West was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 34 of The Weird Weird West. This page contains chapter 19, entitled The Royal Hunt, in which our heroes, having taken a break from their mission to save hundreds of thousands of lives to wrestle a guy for the amusement of Genghis Khan, have gained Khan's favor and been allowed to accompany him on a royal hunt. You'll recall that it was Kid Colt, our new gunslinger friend, who won the Mongol wrestling match, and he's joined in this royal hunt by his allies, the Rawhide Kid and Silver Siren and Superball of the Misfits. Two hours after the wrestling match, and I greatly appreciate that two hours. This is Cool Your Jets time that we have to take because we have to impress Genghis Khan, which means no matter how goody-goody we are, no matter how much we want to save those hundreds of thousands of people, we have to sit the fuck down and rest for two hours. That is a great favor the author is doing the heroes here, so good job there. Two hours after the wrestling match, we've healed up a little bit, we get the following box text, quote, Soon you find yourselves on horses loaned by Genghis Khan himself. Before you leave, Khan receives a report from one of his officers concerning the fate of a raiding party he sent out to harass Napoleon's troops. Then Khan and four of his warriors accompany you on horseback out into a nearby cluster of woods to begin the hunt. Apparently, the hunt has only a ceremonial significance. From what you saw earlier, it seems as though the Mongols have all the supplies they need. So we get to chat with Genghis Khan, get to know each other a little better. Strength. I admire strength. What a coincidence. Me too. I love strength. And then it's time to actually hunt. Now, this is kind of weird. We didn't talk about it, but you know how you need to eat while you're in the desert? You're tracking your food. You can find food in various places and carry it with you. But one of the things you can do if you're out on the overland map and you're hungry and you have no food is to hunt. For some groups, it's going to be very common to resort to this tactic. There's a system given for hunting in chapter 11, and it's nothing like what's given here. It doesn't even use the same stat. Here, quote, in order to successfully bring down game, the hunter must pass a good intensity intuition feat, followed by a good intensity ranged combat roll. If the heroes do not have any weapons or ranged attacks, Khan will lend them bows. That if is very funny to me, because it means if you do have ranged attacks, like for example the gunslinger's guns or Silver Siren's Siren Song, which can do tons of damage at a distance, does incredible damage, Genghis Khan is just like, no bow for you. You say your voice is a weapon. The great Khan would like to see this. Scream at that buffalo until it dies. I think I would like to see that. And you know, Silver Siren shrugs. Gotta impress Khan. Lives are at stake. And you scream at a buffalo until it dies. Now, every successful hunting roll gets you three units of meat, but no diplomacy points. So you can't actually impress Khan by hunting, but you can get just loads of stakes trying. The opportunity to earn brownie points comes later. Quote, after the heroes have had an opportunity to hunt a little and interact with the Mongols, the hunting party catches sight of seven horsemen storming into the woods behind them. The horsemen are Napoleonic cavalrymen who are dispatched to kill Khan, thus robbing the Mongols of their leader and weakening them against possible attack. The Napoleonic soldiers and Khan's men have all the statistics of a typical soldier found on page 63 of the judge's book. It goes on to say that these are typical soldiers with typical soldier weapons. Quote, If the heroes join in the fray and attempt to prevent the cavalrymen from killing Khan, play out the battle using any spare exterior map. If not, Khan and his men will turn away the attackers after a protracted struggle. If the heroes help Khan and his men during the battle, they earn a diplomacy point toward him. Now, it doesn't say that you lose diplomacy toward Napoleon if you fight Napoleon's men here, even though 
they're coming to take revenge for a raid that was done on them. But I think a reasonable player might think, I'm trying to make peace among all three of these factions. I'm a guest. We're trying to have a fun day. I'm not here to hurt people. I'm here to hurt animals. Let me let the Mongols take care of this. These two can sort out their differences. I don't want to seem like I'm picking sides. I think that would be a totally reasonable reaction. And if you opt not to get involved, the Mongols are fine. Genghis Khan is fine. What happens next? Quote, By now it is extremely likely that the heroes have accumulated five diplomacy points toward Genghis Khan and turned him over to their side. If so, Khan agrees to stop fighting against Napoleon and Alexander. An odd choice to make out of the blue after Napoleon's soldiers have just tried to kill you, but I mean, I guess you're used to people trying to kill you. You try to kill them. That's part of the job. At least they didn't try to sneak up and have a conversation with you. That would have been unforgivable. You would have had to find Napoleon and kill that little bastard. But all he did was try to kill you. So bygones. Everything's cool. Genghis Khan asks you to set up a meeting with the other two as soon as possible so they can all talk strategy. Now, the text here said that it's extremely likely that you now have five diplomacy points with Genghis Khan. I think extremely is overstating it, but it is likely. If you fully explain what's going on with the Crozar to Khan, you get one point. If you explain to him that if you take out the Crozar, you might be able to find a way to get everyone back to their home times, you get another point. You get a third point for entering the wrestling match and a fourth point for winning it. And then for your fifth point, if you help Khan against Napoleon's troops here, or if you got the random encounter in the overland at some point where there are a bunch of Mongols cowering from wolves and you save them from the wolves, that can also get you a diplomacy point toward Genghis Khan. If you never got that random encounter and you decided not to interfere here, you're going to be a point short. Or, much more disastrously, if you had a loose cannon in there during the wrestling match, somebody like a Tigra, maybe Superball, whose force field sometimes turns on reflexively, Extra from the Zoomers, who is not known for her iron control over her emotions. If you've got anybody erratic in that wrestling match, and God forbid they do anything other than charge, grapple, evade, or escape a hold, or if they leave the arena or otherwise break the sacred rules of Mongol wrestling, you'll lose all your diplomacy points. You could be coming into this with zero diplomacy points. What happens then? Well, don't worry. There's a failsafe. Quote, if the heroes have not accumulated five diplomacy points toward Khan, you can allow them to gain more points by making a last-minute appeal in the form of an impassioned speech. In this case, every 10 points of karma they spend will net them an additional diplomacy point, which means if you, God forbid, cheated at wrestling or accidentally broke the rules of wrestling, you're going to have to spend 50 goddamn karma right now to get Genghis Khan on your side. No pretense, by the way, of like making a role, using some kind of social skills, no talents are relevant, no dice are involved. The author is just straight up charging you karma, which remember means charging you XP to just buy victory and escape the scene. Now to give you a sense of what these numbers mean, because this is an outrageously high cost, I feel. Just within the Misfits, having gone through this whole adventure, I added it up and their path here could have earned them as little as like 115 karma to split among all of them. That's their reward for the whole adventure to this point. Now it may be higher. It may be, you know, substantially higher. Maybe, I don't know, one and a half times that, two times that. But they could easily have gotten here with just 115 karma for a reward. To now charge them 50 of that karma to proceed through this scene, because, say, Silver Siren was in the wrestling match and she fucked up a roll and her sharp hair cut somebody, to dock the players almost half of all the XP they've earned to this point for that, that's the dumbest thing on this page. We're going to see this again with Alexander, with Napoleon, the author is very comfortable just sucking karma right out of the group to make up for failed roles. I've read um, on like forum accounts from people who've played lots of face rip over the years. 
that it's actually pretty common for there to be a zero or even negative karma gain for characters over the course of an adventure because of just this sort of thing. You have to spend a ton of karma to accomplish anything good with it, and you don't get awarded very much, which leads to frustration. It leads to very slow advancement. It's going to lead to risk-averse players because it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get karma. I'm going to get bennies and or XP if I go do this thing. But if somebody gets a lucky shot at me on the way there, I might have to spend that entire karma reward and more just not to die. At the very least, I would have wanted some kind of role that could be made here to sway Genghis Khan that could then be supplemented with karma so that at least there's a chance to like get it right, apply your character's abilities, have some sense that you've earned it, and some ability to leverage your character's strengths into not having to 100% pay for this toll booth in the middle of the adventure with just straight up your hard-earned XP. Fortunately, I think in this event, the Misfits, Kid Colt, Rawhide Kid, they're not cheaters. They're not even accidental cheaters. Kid Colt's the one who did the Mongol wrestling, and Kid Colt is way too white bread of a hero to lose control or cheat or anything like that. So I think our heroes are going to be fine. They're going to have their five points. They're going to convince Genghis Khan to join the alliance, and their allies, the other gunslingers and the other misfits, are going to do the same at the other camps. For each of these generals' camps, though, we're going to be following the team for whom that camp is their first stop. So join me next time as we turn to the secret Zoomers and witness their introduction to the high fancy pants culture of Alexander's camp on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kula, whose work you can find at kula.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>